0: Well, praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we just uh, pray your anointing upon me and Cynthia, upon Ryan today, upon all of the uh, giving of your word. We thank you that your word is truth. It is good news. It is life. It is redemption. It is hope. Uh, it is love. It is mercy that endures forever. And we praise you, Father, for your son, Jesus, and for his glorious gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm teaching. I began a teaching. We began a teaching last week uh, titled "We Are One in the Father and in the Son." And uh, we began teaching. I just want to read read through here for context. This was uh, this was just prior to Jesus um, to go to suffer and die, and at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and and he was preparing his disciples after spending three three and a half years with them and. So he was preparing the because he was going to be leaving. He told them that the Son of Man is going to be handed up. He's going to be crucified. He's going to suffer and die. But three days later, he's going to rise again from the grave. And it, they didn't have understanding of that. And they didn't have understanding because they didn't have the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God was with him, but not within them. They were not, you know, they were not born again of the power of God, the Spirit of God. So... They didn't understand. And so Jesus tried to instruct them. He knew that when he sent his spirit, they would have understanding. So uh, in the Gospel of John chapter 14 and verse 1, it reads, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. This is a word for all of us. This is our hope to live with God. God created us. That's a
1: word for me right now, but not your heart. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. We receive it it. Amen. Amen. So So Jesus is telling them, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. There's many mansions in my father's home. Where I go, you're going to be. You're going to be coming one day. You're going to be a part of my kingdom, my everlasting kingdom. We were made as a relational people for God. We were his first thought in creation. I'm, I'm convinced of that because when God created Adam and Eve, he created all the different creatures and so forth. But when he created man, he said, we have made you in our image and our likeness. And I don't believe God said that about any other creature, including the angels. There's a lot of similarities. But we have evidence in the scriptures that angels were created to be ministering spirits to the chosen people of God. And that's us. Amen? That's us. So when God made us in the beginning, he didn't make us. It wasn't a, it wasn't a temporary relationship. Obviously, the devil, he, he got jealous. I, I believe that Lucifer was placed in the garden as a protective angel and we know it was in the garden when he convinced Adam and Eve to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that God said it's forbidden, do not eat of it. I believe that was his falling, that's my opinion. Uh, you can go to Ezekiel and you can read about that, where it talks about his stature with God, his positioning with God, and he was so beautiful, and he was, it speaks of, of, of instruments and so forth. Perhaps he was like a, a lead worship angel in heaven until the day that iniquity was found in him. That's what the word says, when he fell from God's grace. And it's just interesting to note that God did not provide a sacrifice for the angels when they fell from his grace, but God did provide a sacrifice for us. We were made in his very image and likeness. God made us with an eternal purpose to live with him. And he loved us so much, he wasn't going to let the devil get in the way But the only way he could do it is to to redeem us from our sins. God is a just God. God said, the day you eat of that tree, surely you shall die. There was a penalty upon Adam and Eve, and we were born into that sin. We inherited that sin. But he paid that price for us. Praise God. Isn't that good news? And Jesus says, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas says to him, Lord, we we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have to understand, and I, I, I want to read another scripture I did last week, but Revelation one And And we read this before. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the, the Omega, the beginning the, And the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. Jesus never had a beginning. God never had a birth, a beginning. We can't even begin to comprehend God, but we can't even begin when you think in terms of he had an eternal past and he had no beginning and God has an eternal future and you know, God wanted fellowship. God wanted to express His love and express His goodness, and and re, and just He just wanted to love on us. He made us so we could come to know our Creator God and and admire Him and acknowledge Him and befriend Him.
1: And He wanted an eternal family, like you know, we love our families, and and that's why we. My greatest prayer is that. I'm not going anywhere until I'm sure everyone in my family is going with me. We're all going to be eternally together. And When God made Adam and Eve from the beginning, that was his beginning of his eternal family. Not that he didn't know this was all going to take place, but he wanted an eternal family. He wants, us, he wants everyone that he ever created to say yes and join the family, right? But he's the way. He's the only way to God.
0: So in light of this we have to consider he's our creator God. He's the word that was spoken in the first chapter in the gospel of John. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Through the word all things came to be and apart from the word nothing came to be. Jesus is the creator of life. Jesus is the power that spoke all creation into being. He So he is I am the way, he says. I am the truth. I am the life. He's the life. He's given life. There's no life that exists apart from him. He is the way because there is no other. Because unless we become redeemed from our sins, there's no hope for us. Jesus made a way through faith in him. He paid the debt. We had a great debt. What, What Jesus, what he took upon his body on the cross is what we truly all deserve. He paid that ransom for us. It, like if we had a, uh, we had a note at the bank that was a, you know, trillions of dollars, and we were, I mean, the consequences by not paying that note would be, let's even say, loss of life. Well, Jesus paid that debt. He went and wiped that debt out, so we didn't have a debt we owed any longer. When we put faith in Him, once again, it's a, this process, and we talk about it, but. You know what takes place in us when we get born again? When we acknowledge Jesus to be the truth, the truth is that he was sent by the Father into this world to reveal the very true nature and character of our Heavenly Father. Reveal his heart. It was the plan of the Father that we have this this eternal relationship with him. And he knew we were going to fall. Jesus is the Lamb slain since before the foundation of the world, before he spoke creation and being into being, he already knew he was going to come and suffer and die for us one day. But see, we need to be changed back to that original standing that Adam and Eve had with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus. God used to walk in the garden with them. They used to fellowship together. Amen? What a wonderful thing, right? Well, that's what God misses that. It it broke his heart that he wasn't going to be able to be, that We, we caused a separation now, it didn't separate God's love from us because from love, the, the manifestation of the love of God was in Christ Jesus. We saw the love of the Father through the ministry that he performed three years on this life, doing miracles, healings, forgiving people of their sins, setting them free from every kind of bondage and affliction. Amen. Raising people from the grave. That was just a pretaste of what he was about to do. That, hey, I can raise people from the dead. I'm the one that created you all. I can just speak it out. God speaks to, says in God's word that he speaks to those things that are not as though they are. Amen. And that's how God achieves everything. He speaks it out. That's why he's given us his power and authority. That's why we speak to the circumstances. <coughs> if we have need for healing, we speak to whatever that need. We speak to the symptoms. Get out. Get out cold, get out cough, get out swollen ankle. I command this to be healed. Well, Jesus paid the price. Amen. Amen? He's just given us his power and authority, but if we know that this is what he did and we believe it to be true, we're expecting him to do the same things, the same works, the same miracles that he did that we read about in the gospel. Amen? In verse 7, Jesus says, If you had known me, you would have known the Father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. And Philip, he scratches his head and says, he says to the Lord, he says, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. He's kind of amazed. What do you mean? We haven't seen the Father. We've seen you. We haven't seen the Father. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, and so how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but it's the Father who dwells in me. He is the one who does the works. You know, it's the Holy Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of the Father now living and dwelling in us we've become one our spirit has been God has joined his spirit together with us so God isn't he's not just present with us he's not just inspiring our hearts and our minds and our thinking but he's always with us and his word praise God it says that he's going to be with us forever not just in this life through this process of redemption for all of eternity we're going to be our spirit will be joined together in one with the spirit of God what he did to recreate us through faith in him, faith in his works, to put his spirit in us, we have truly become a new creation. Now, you look at us on the outside, we're not fully, we're not, we're not fully redeemed yet. That's why we look the way we do. We're, we're not perfect creatures yet on the outside or in the inside within our heart, our mind, our will, our emotions, our flesh. We have a weakness in this flesh. Praise God, we're going to receive a, a, a redeemed body. Man, it's going to be an awesome body. It's going to be a perfect body. It's, it's never going to wear out. It's going to have. We're going to have supernatural strength and ability. Our redeemed body will be made in the very image and likeness of the redeemed body Jesus has. Jesus came out of heaven. He was a spirit being. He became man. Now he was the spirit of God. But man, and when he rose again from that grave after he died, he had a body. and But showed us the way. That's the way. Through faith in him, we too will rise. How did he rise? He had the Spirit of God on the inside of him. He was God. But the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Father was with him and caused him to rise from the grave. The good news is, you know what? When we die, we don't really die. Our spirit is alive forever. We will not experience death. And God's Spirit doesn't leave us. We are one with his Spirit and we just... Enter into the very presence, in the fullness of His presence, in heaven, Amen? Amen. Man, and no one can take that away from us. And the devil, he cannot take that away from us. And if in our weaknesses he comes against us, and you know, and he, you know, he wants to, he's the, he's the accuser of the brethren. He wants to point out your errors. You just tell him he's a big fat. Liar. He needs to get out of here. Yeah. Devil, you just get out of here because you are a liar. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is our standing. Our spirit is perfect, as perfect as it will ever be. That's what God sees. That's a seed that was sown inside of us, a seed of holiness, a seed of perfect righteousness. That's the seed of Christ. That's, who our, that's our true identity. That's what we are becoming. And every day while we walk on this earth, we are going through this process of change called sanctification but it's only by the help of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, that helps us along and make this change. Amen? Jesus says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves.
1: Amen. So, you know, when we pray over people and, and for your daughter, for instance, who waited and waited for prayer because we know you're a prayer warrior and you I'm sure you were praying on your own in your own heart but the fact that she desired prayer meant that her heart was open for it to receive it and you prayed you prayed and the works that you were the works that were accomplished through what your prayer when you sent your prayer out when we sent the prayers out those works gave a picture of who jesus is to your daughter he's a healer he's good you know he's someone maybe i should get to know a little better He what Jesus did. He said, anyone, I'm not going to include people who don't believe in asking for prayer because I don't know how they're going to ask, you know. I don't know whether they're going to say, well, if it's your will, Lord. Well, we do know that healing is his will. We know that. So those that, that expect and believe, you want those in the room, so to speak, just like Jesus said, lock the door. Only you certain that, that I know you believe in the way I believe. You, you know it's true. Amen. So when when we want something to happen, we can get the prayer warriors who do believe that what Jesus did was the truth and stand together and agree.
0: Amen. Verse 12, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do, because I go to my Father. Jesus was giving them insight because they would... After he would suffer and die, a short time after that, he was going to pour out his Holy Spirit upon his apostles, upon all believers, upon the church. And so what Jesus is referring to here is that we were going to be given his Spirit, the Spirit of the Father, the Holy Spirit, and it would be the Holy Spirit of God who would empower us to do the same works that Jesus did. As Jesus said, I don't do anything that I don't see the Father doing, or I don't hear what the father is saying, he was in close fellowship with the father. Amen? And the father had a plan, and he was fulfilling that plan. Well, God has a plan for us. We're his kids. We're his children. When we got born again, it's not just a cliche. We're children of God. We're sons and daughters of God. No, we are are sons and daughters of the most high God. We are heirs to the throne. Everything that is his belongs to us. That's the way he designed it in the beginning. Amen? He came to restore what was lost. Praise God for that. Amen? So how do we do good works? We're led by the Spirit of God to do what he calls us to do. And if we're sensitive to his voice, guess what? We have an anointing from God to do the same things that Jesus did, the same things the Apostle Paul did and all the other apostles. Man, praise God. We can raise... We have. We can raise people from the dead. The Spirit of God did it. He did it in Jesus. He did it in the apostles. He wants to do it in and through us. If we would just listen to that small, still voice and be bold. And he gives us the boldness. Amen? He says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Man, if we ask for good gifts from God, if we have special needs, and we do all the time, you know, he wants us to to ask. Ask him in his name. God, our father honors his sacrifice. He did it all. He provided everything we would ever have need of. He fulfilled everything that was necessary so we could be completely, fully restored to him. And we really are now. We, haven't just, we just haven't seen the manifestation of the evidence of our redemption. But it's already taken place. The day we believe, the day we invited Jesus to come in and said, Jesus, I need you. I, my life's a wreck. It's a mess. I need help. I need peace of mind, peace of heart. Amen? And there's no peace that comes but apart from God. His peace is a peace. It's not... You know, his peace is not a peace that's available in this world. It's not offered in this world. It doesn't mean just not being, you know, at war and in strife with your enemies. That's not the peace of God. We're going to see that in a minute as we read here. In verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you, forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you so Jesus was already letting them know that you're going to receive my spirit right now he's he's near you he's inspiring you but he's not one with your spirit because that could only happen after Jesus completed hung on that cross paid the price for our sins, but had that final victory when he rose from the grave. Amen? Now, when he went up to heaven and he was fully glorified, that's when he sent out his Holy Spirit to be with us, to lead us, to guide us, to to uh, reveal all truth, to understand the gospel. You know, to understand the gospel, it's 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 not humanly possible, and this human brain cannot interpret and understand the things of God are the things of the gospel only the spirit of God can. And when you know when we share the gospel, we preach the gospel, when we give our testimony, you know it's the spirit of God that's that's quickening their spirit, causing it to to come alive, causing a, there to be an inner hearing and understanding. So we say, yeah, man, I am a sinner. Man, I need the help of God. I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. We all do. And that's, that's all that he asked from us, that we would acknowledge him and acknowledge that we need to be changed, we need to be transformed, we need to be made new, and that's what it means about Jesus being the way, the truth, the life, that because there is no other way. He's the giver of life in the beginning, he's the redeemer of life that came into this world, and apart from giving our life to him and allow him to have his way in us, it's about us him the freedom to have his way in us and to receive a gift that to us is free him that came at a great cost but that's how much he loves us there's no greater expression of love jesus says there's no greater love than for one to lay down his life for his friends and he calls us friends he loved us when we were still sinners man we were just i mean in the eyes of god you know, if we could be appalling looking, looking just upon the, the behavior of our fellow man and you see what goes on today and, you know, all of us came from, you know, we've all had things in our lives that we're not too pleased with, right? We wish we could change. But, you know, how God could see through all that and love us in spite of who we were and who we are, right? But how great is his love? Because God is so, he's so amazing. He's so infinite in his thinking. He's so infinite in his knowing, his understanding. And for God, he's an eternal being, an eternal past. But you know what? Man, he wanted, He made us so we could live with him all throughout of eternity so we could acknowledge him, we could praise him, we could say, Daddy, Papa, Father, man, thank you for loving me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Man, they were, you know, we've had times in all of our lives that God could have just given up on us, right? And he didn't. He says, Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. That was the heart of our Father. That we would have a oneness, an eternal oneness with the father and with the son and the same degree of intimacy how intimate do you think the relationship between the father and the father and the son how intimate do you think that is we 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 can't even begin to dissect that or understand that or comprehend that but we have been invited to come into their the fellowship of oneness you know we don't understand understand the things of the spirit we can't see the things of the spirit They're invisible to the naked eye. But we all have a spirit. We were created spirit, soul, and body. Now we have the spirit of God joined together with us. And it's his spirit that empowers us, inspires us. If we give him that freedom, he's the one that affects change in our lives. He's the one that is there ever so merciful. Man, Father, I messed up. Jesus, I thank you that you are an everlasting fount of mercy and forgiveness. Man, when I fall down, I can just get right up and I can just approach you. I can approach you. I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to cover myself up. You wipe you wiped my sins away. They've been wiped away. Every sin that you've ever committed in the past, every sin you, that you'll ever commit in the future has been wiped away. How gracious is God? How good is God? He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me, will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and manifest myself to him. Is that what?
1: So important, you know. As if you're legalistic, then what you might read is, oh my gosh, six hundred and thirteen commandments I have to keep and and you know never break and and maybe more than that, but. God only has two commandments The first one is to love The Lord thy God with all thy heart All thy soul, with all thy mind And all thy strength We do that You do that Every day By receiving Jesus as your Savior You're walking In that love And that's commandment Number one and number two is to Love your neighbor as yourself That's He just wants us to love. (laughs) Amen?
0: And to believe and trust in him. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power that set us free. That's the power that got us born again. That's the power that earned our redemption and everlasting relationship with our heavenly father through faith to believe him to be the son of God, to believe that everything he said and everything he did and everything was written about him was true, is true. We believe it as though it was just fresh today every day. And Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and he said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. That's the Holy Spirit of God. We have the spirit of the Father and the Son living in us. It's a myth, right? But it's the truth amen and how many of us how many of us we all experience his his faithfulness in our lives right does he never not answer your prayer do you do you not ever I mean do, does he not encourage us with his word with his comfort response to prayer to an injury that's six weeks in, in the making and it's not getting well and man we put our faith and trust in him Jesus you did it your work was finished you don't have to do it again we just believe it we receive it and praise God there's the miracle there's the healing and the miracle and the healing that you had Ernie our God is good he is loving he is faithful all the time and he doesn't come and doesn't go he is with us Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you Not a cliche. It's true. It's real. You know, and he just wants to show his love for us. He wants to manifest himself. He does so. But when we seek him with all of our heart, Lord, just show me your presence. You know, sometimes we're weak. We just have to say, show me your love. Remind me of your love. Remind me of your kindness. And does he ever let us down? Never does. Ernie?
2: I had a neighbor, his last name was Ripley, believe it or not. Uh, Ripley, my neighbors used to talk to me because I lived next door to him. And and, uh, how can you put up with Ripley? I don't know. God just worked it out. So I didn't look at Ripley the way they looked at him. I thought, this is wonderful. I have a watchdog that watches my property 24-7. And I mean, he was that type of a guy. Uh, we never had anything wrong had go wrong in the neighborhood because he was always out there, you know. And he was the kind of guy, what are you doing here in this neighborhood? <laughs> you know, he'd just get out there and get out on the street. Well, I, the Lord just reminded me that my attitude was not, what's that crazy man doing next door? Why is he doing that? Look, that is not smart. All those critical remarks that you... You know, your neighbor does something silly or and you look at it and you're critical of it. I stopped looking at him critical and I just, great, I got a, somebody that takes care of my property. I don't have to have uh, Brinks or any of those people to protect my property because God gave me my neighbor that t- takes care of it for me. He knew everything that was going on in the neighborhood. I mean, i that's what was the only bad part. I couldn't really stand around talk to him too long because did you know what that neighbor over there did on that corner over You knew it all. But it turned into a blessing for me. And the thing that the lesson was this one for me. I could look at Ripley and he could do something stupid and uh, I, I never took offense. It just, well, okay, that's Ripley, no problem. No, I never had to criticize him at all. Uh, one more little quick story about that. <clears throat> My lawn was probably about eight inches tall. I hadn't mowed for about three weeks or something like that. And I chose this one day to go and mow my lawn. <laughs> he was so fascinated with the thing, he called his wife out, brought out two chairs, and each of them, they were sitting there drinking a beer. And that's about 10 in the morning. And I mowed my lawn. Now, I started up, fired up my lawnmower, and I went down one side and went across the front, and then I did the parkway. And they're watching me all this time. And I said to myself, "Self, I wonder what happens when I do this." I passed the lawnmower right in front of him, took it on into the backyard, came back out, locked the gate, went to the backyard, and just left him. And they're sitting there. Where did he go? Well, <laughs> about three weeks later, he says, "Ernie, why did you do that?" I said, "I just wanted to see how you were going to react. If you were going to blow up, and you didn't." That's fine. That's the kind of neighbor I had that turned out to be a, a blessing to the neighborhood, especially to me. Amen. And in verse 24,
0: Jesus says, He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. And that's what I was talking about. Jesus was instructing them and, and, you know, like 90% of it was going right over their heads with no understanding. But Jesus knew they needed the help of the Holy Spirit and they would receive that. And all of the things he taught them over three and a half years, they would finally have understanding of these things. They would have a knowing. Amen? They would truly have a knowing of the heart of the Father and the heart of the Son because it was the heart of the Son, it was the life of the Son, the display of His works that had revealed the true nature and character of our Heavenly Father. Jesus said, Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The word peace in the New Testament is irene, comes from the Greek word irene, which means peace, literally or figuratively, by implication, prosperity, uh, oneness, peace, quietness, rest. Um, Of Christianity, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. We have an inner knowing of the guarantee of our inheritance, the guarantee of our salvation. Amen? And it's the Holy Spirit that gives us this comforting. We have rest in our inner mind and in our, in our heart, in our soul, um, knowing that God's not holding our offenses against us. God's not imputing our sins against us. God is not holding judgment against us any longer. We have comfort from that. We have rest from that. Amen?
1: It's important to note that when we see, when we look at the world, there's no peace. the the heathen, so to speak, the unbelievers, they're constantly, you know, at crises. But when a crisis hits a, a believer, because of salvation, because they have the Savior, they have the Messiah living inside of them, they have peace living inside. We have peace living inside of us. No matter what circumstances we come across, we can reach into that peace and and just supernaturally rise above the situations. Whereas when you don't have Jesus, when you have crises, it gets worse. It gets worse. You have no one to count on. No faithful savior to count on so we need to help people ask that question do you want to walk in peace do you want to walk in prosperity do you want to uh, just just have a joy that's supernatural well jesus is that answer do you want to ask him to be your savior so you can walk in this supernatural peace and prosperity and joy because it is supernatural we all are living in this world. But we all walk in a supernatural peace. And, and people need to know that. So no matter how difficult it may be, we need to ask people if they want to know Jesus because he's the way.
0: If you look at all of the letters or the epistles that Paul wrote to all of the churches, okay, go through there and look at it. And when he addresses all of the churches, and even Peter when he did, May the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Grace, grace is God's favor, unmerited favor and kindness, loving kindness and goodness. That's what we have. That's our inheritance. And his peace is his comfort. And the Holy Spirit was given to us to be a comfort. I believe the peace of God is, it's the comforting of the Holy Spirit and i'm just going to finish up with this two verses here and one is in uh, one is in 1st corinthians chapter 14 verse 33 it says for god is not the author of confusion but of peace see the devil brings about confusion but what's the opposite of that the opposite of that is peace the peace of god which is a comfort which is a freedom from the confusion that the enemy brings against us. When confusion is about in your life, when you've got circumstances going on and you become confused, the devil's right in the heart of the manor. And pray for his peace because his, his peace will set us free. Amen? It says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. And I'm going to finish with this. And this is in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Without the peace of God, we can't have a sound mind. Amen? So here we have p- fear and confusion is an enemy to our soul. That's the work of the enemy. When you see that go on, you need to speak to the devil Say, devil, you lost in Jesus' name. You spirit of confusion, get out of here. Like Jesus said to, to, to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter thought he had a better idea. No, you're not going to go up and be delivered by the chief priests and scribes and give up your life and die. No way, Jesus said. Get behind me, Satan. Because that was Satan speaking through him, right? So we need to, to be able to discern the spirit of God and the spirit of the enemy. But God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And the peace of God is a comfort, it's a rest, it's a protection. God can just separate in our minds and hearts all the issues of life going on. And in that we have rest. Amen? Praise be to God.